From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 431. Today's show is brought to you by ExpressVPN, Pen Chalet, and the Canalea Pen Company. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. <laughs> you caught me giggling on that one. I don't know why. It's like I went You're up f- and down. Yep. You went up and down. Um, kind of like my night last night, Mike. Um, yeah. I'm running on fumes this morning. Just uh, I'm propped up by caffeine. Caffey. Coffee and caffeine. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go with caffeine. Caffeine. So, C- what are that? C-A-F-F-E? With like a... Uh, yeah, like those the little accents accent. over the E? Yeah. yeah. Accent take uh, Okay. So, yeah. yeah, I saw this. Um, I read it. You had a, a really wild uh, tweet thread uh, uh, yeah. last night. Mm-hmm. As one does when they can't sleep. So I'll put that no, in the show I'm... notes for people to find. <laughs> oh, great. If you want to read along with you talking about nip I should probably, for a while. I should probably read that. I should probably read that. But yeah, this could, you know, this could get a little sideways today. Um, no, I, it, I got, I got plenty of sleep. You know, I got a good six hours, so I'm totally fine. But yeah, I am definitely on the caffeine train. Sometimes, so I feel this. It isn't the amount of sleep that can make the difference. It's the mm-hmm. time that you go to sleep. And my theory yeah. on this is that you're awake for too long the day before and that's what messes you up. So like yeah. I, if I went to bed at four in the morning, but got 10 hours of sleep, I'd still feel like trash because I over yes. I overdid it the day before. Yeah, yeah. And my, my issues are multiple nights of shorter sleep. Like I'm a seven to eight hour sleeper. Okay. So six is fine one day six is fine probably two days if i start getting three four five six hour days then i start to tank pretty hard so right um one night's fine and yeah no it was uh good good times good times on the twitter last night happens to me you know what once every few months i just like my mind is just racing and i can't go to sleep so i finally fell asleep about midnight last night and uh oh yeah. <laughs> well, the way i was reading it it felt way worse i was i went i couldn't sleep last night went to bed at three <laughs> <laughs> no, so, see, I never do that. But I don't I have kids do in the morning to deal with. So yeah, my alarm. I woke up at nine forty-five. So yeah, exactly. So my weekday alarm is six thirty a.m. every day. Huh. So so yeah, that's. I feel that's like at I'm the moment up. we're having a. This is exactly the type of conversation in content and cadence that we have when we start our calls before the show. So like mm. we've almost not really started the show yet, which is weird. So shall I just I just do it again, right? Like <laughs> welcome to the Pen Addict. That was over four hundred and thirty one. I'm Mike Hurley and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi Brad. Hey Mike and see I'm still giggling. <laughs> it didn't change. It didn't change anything. So your Kickstarter's going well, right? I'm very pleased with how the Kickstarter is going for the Noxco Wax Noxco Wax Canvas pen cases. <laughs> It's it's gonna what be that type of show today. To call it? Not Nox, Nox What was he gonna Skax. say? I I don't know, Mike. It's Nox it's gonna be canvas. that kind of show all day. Hope uh, do we have any rough pronunciation? We have a lot of Ask TPA today. This is an Ask TPA catch up episode, mm. which means we're gonna have to pronounce things that oh, it, it's, it's not it. gonna go well. Don't right? you? I'll it do is. all the reading of the questions today because mm. mm. I'm yeah. I'm not confident that you'll be able to manage it. Well, I'm confident I can get back on topic and say thank you to everyone who supported this project. We're at thirty-five thousand dollars. Our goal was thirty. Nice. We have eleven days to go. We should get up in that forty range, which thrills me to no end. I think it's the perfect situation for what I was trying to accomplish. Amazing with this campaign, and it's it's played out. 
how I had it played out in my head, which when you launch a project, that's the best thing you can hope for, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. your head's wrong and you made a mistake, but if you launch a project, you kind of have these ideas of what the goals are you want to meet. And this one is, is playing out to where I'm not gonna have to stress about it or, you know, try to, you know, do something like to like go crazy and push it or wind it down or whatever, you know, it's, it's gone as expected, which makes me very happy. And um, uh, I definitely appreciate everyone's support on that. And like I said, 11 days to go. So you'll be seeing me talking about it some more. And this is like it, what you say about going as expected. This is mm-hmm. the kind of thing that we were talking about um, previously of actually creating a Kickstarter campaign with the goal in mind to be enough to produce the thing that you want to make and not doing it so you're just getting in the door and then hoping you'll get enough excitement that it bumps you up to the level that you actually require to produce the thing. Exactly right. Exactly so, right. And like I that's how I have to do projects, right? That's that's just how I'm built. Like not everyone's does you know, these types of things the same way. And there's lots of different ways to do it the right way. This just feels like the way that I'm the most comfortable doing. Yep. And, you know, with... I, th- no, I think it's the right, right way. For a lot, of, a lot of products, this makes the most sense. Yeah, I think it's the most respectful to the consumer and your customer yes. and your friends and your supporters, right? That's, the, that's always number one. And then number two is everything else I do in the project, right? Number one is be most respectful to the customer. And then number two is figure out everything else that makes number one the focus. But I also think that there is a little bit of like respect to the project itself. True. You know, and like you're not going to have to skimp and save on it because you didn't make the money that you needed. Oh, sure. You mm-hmm. know, so you're actually yep. staying true to what the, the thing is. So, yeah, and mm-hmm. that's like I, I think that that is just a very sensible way of doing things for businesses of our size. Um, right. Rather than like hoping you make it up in volume or, you know, having like actually having a bunch of your own cash that you can invest in it. It's like, no, right. this is like this thing needs to happen. I need to raise money for it. I'm going to sell you product at a good price for it. If I don't make the goal, then the thing's never going to get done. Simple mm-hmm. as. Yep. Yep. Um, let's let's segue into some more. I guess this is customer facing decisions made by a certain company that we love and i stumbled on this i forget what i was looking for at the time i was looking for an answer for something oh i know what i was looking for it's going to come up later in the king of pen review that we talk about today i was looking i was actually looking for the proper spelling or the proper you know pluralization of king of pen so we'll hold that for the later uh, is it section. Kings of Pen or King of Pens, right? Well, we're going to, there's a whole thing on that okay. that I didn't even write up. So, I, where do you go to sort this thing out? You go to Sailor's website, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I jumped on Sailor's website this weekend and I was hit with a home page. And I didn't share this with you before the document, uh, before I put it in the document, but I haven't talked to you about this. I'm not even going to say what it is yet. But when you click that link, I want to know your thoughts and what you found. Well, it's... Can I say what it is? You can say what it is. All right. So, it Sailor have rebranded or at least have tweaked their branding. Um, I think it looks fantastic. 
So they've effectively changed the overall look of the anchor. Um, I guess they've kind of made it a little chunkier. There's some there's something about this which kind of says like anime to me. I don't know why. I can't explain mm. why. Uh, but I, I really like the treatment of the new text. Um, I, again, it's it feels very like open seas to me like the, the text there's like an almost like mystical pirate nature to it um that's kind of the way that i'm feeling about it uh, i like it i like it a lot i am a little bit surprised that i agree with you on the anchor i think the anchor's pretty darn good yeah. Um I didn't expect to say that because if you grabbed one of your pins right now in front of you, Mike, and you know, one of your pro gears and you look at that anchor on the finial, you're like, Man, that is a good logo, isn't it? Like we always yeah, talk about know, Sailor's logo. Now looking at the difference for them, right? Mm-hmm. Um the old logo just looks like a nice anchor. Yeah. The new logo is much more stylized. It is. In a way that I like. And I think actually looks a little bit more like a fountain pen nib. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I the the lines of the anchor really work for me. But they they do lose me a little bit in the word mark. I'm not mm. in love with the okay. A. The A is that. weird. I will give you that. If I was gonna say there's a part of this I don't like, it's the A because they don't have any joining line in the a like that go mm-hmm. like the horizontal line in the a which i think is a weird choice um because like in the in the, we've got two links in the show notes it's all in japanese but uh, there's one which is the announcement of the branding and then one which is the website that features the new branding mm-hmm. and if you look mm-hmm. at the announcement page they've put the sailor logo on a horizon line yes and the horizon line puts the line in the a yes and it looks good it's like, well, that you can see it's an A. But then when you look in the top left-hand corner, it doesn't have that. And I would say it is missing that. That that I think that that is the one criticism that I have whilst I do like it overall. The, the other thing that I like about the logo, Brad, is it looks like it was made with a fountain pen in the sense that it's like a lot of line whip variation mm-hmm. that I like too. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I think I think they've I think they've missed a little bit on the A, but overall I think this is a I wouldn't say a needed refresh, but mm-hmm. I would say a welcome one. Right, and if you go if you go through the translated version, and it's it's definitely you can see that that the new company, um, the new ownership has has taken some, you know, good looks at what Sailor is doing, and kind of wanted to put their own stamp on it. Is what I'm I'm guessing this came about Mm -hmm. and you saw the exact same thing that i saw like the sailor logo and word mark on the ocean image looks cool then you look at the top on the website image and to me it looks like a stencil um i like i get the the line with variations i think the 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 word mark is going to grow on me i'm down with the anchor like i really like the anchor i think it's pretty sharp and pretty clean and you know in the size we see the anchor on the pin it's going to look very similar you know, it's going to depend on what they do with like the cap bands and some of the other things. Like when they did the, it, when Sailor a few years ago tried to over modernize the, what was it the Pro Gear lineup with that 
I, I even forget the name because it was such a bad pen and they've they've closed them out but they did that really weird shaped clip and Looked just like tried to duck. make like it's basically like sailor pro gear modern version number yeah. two and it, it just didn't hit and because the classic design is just that like it's a classic everyone knows what sailor's clip looks like and what their finial looks like and what their cat bands look like and then they tried to do this modern version of it mm-hmm. and it didn't really play well so we're just gonna have to see where this ends up in the long run i'm pretty positive on it overall um like i said i think we're pretty much on the same page I have continued enthusiasm for the new owners of Sailor because mm-hmm. all of the early changes that they're making, I agree with. Like mm-hmm. the products, that, the product lines that they've slimmed down, they've 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 trimmed the fat and got rid of the products that don't make any sense. Right, so we've seen that mm-hmm. already. Right over the last couple of months, um, I think a modernization or a refresh of the brand is a good idea. Like I was just looking at the old Sailor logo. And especially mm-hmm. the way that the text was written is so boring. Like, it doesn't say anything, you know? I Where, don't know. We're, I'm going to have to see on this, on like on the cap bands. Like, I'm just looking at the cap bands is, is my sticking point. Because, like you said, you know, on my, my custom Rialo that I got with the Pizza Planet logo, like, we're not many steps away from the Pizza yeah, Planet logo the on the cap is, though, band. Brad, the Sailor logo on the cap band... Like the text logo is not Sailor's logo. I know it's a. It's text. in a different font. Yeah, I'm with you. So they weren't doing that anyway, which now I think about that is wild to me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the, their, the the text logo that they have used is not the same as the one that they actually print on the pens. Why do they do that? Mm, now you've got me concerned <laughs> right because no, the, the, no, the logo the old sailor logo is a sans serif font right it's just like a big blocky yes. thing like but you, on the like on it the comes on the bands on the pen they use a serif font right so like the stamping on the box that you get your sailor pen in is the sans serif gold stamped sailor big chunky but then the same. Then the bands are all as a sailor serif font, so we're gonna see. Maybe they'll uh, gonna work on making that more consistent with the with the new thing. So yeah. we'll see. I'm interested to in when these are gonna start coming off the line, right? Because they've they're probably still going through I the mean, things. The, the that website we, still that has had. products that they're offering which show the old branding, like on the on the main page, because it's it's too early, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, it's got to be next year we'll see our first products because all yeah. these other products have had to been made for a long, long time now. So um, the next I think thing they're just is set, setting it up for next year. A new pen. That's the next thing, right? That's what I would expect mm. now. So you've got rid of stuff. You've rebranded. Show me something. That's what I Oof. assume will be next. Mm. Now you've really got me thinking. I think it's exciting. Mm. I'm wondering what that could be. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I, I, I wanted to share this because I thought it was very interesting. Oh, it is. And it like is. you said, the the new, with not necessarily how the design looks from a, a design perspective, but what the new, new ownership group is choosing to do. And pretty quickly, like they're, they're, they're ready. It seems well, like yeah, they're, it's like they're yes, pushing their vision forward. Yes and no, right? It's worth remembering that Plus have been a part of Sailor for a long time. 
Right. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the things that they have started doing immediately are things that they have been suggesting Sailor do for a while and Sailor have not done them. <laughs> and now yeah. that they have the majority share, like, great, these are all the things that we're doing. Remember that stuff we mentioned six months ago? It's happening now, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because so, that, that, cool. that kind of stuff would tie up for me, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, th- because... They so quickly got rid of like the, the pens. I don't remember the names of them. What I remember is the is it Milicolor was the only one I remember the name of because it's also yeah. the only one that I actually remembered. Um, yeah. And it was like, well, did I get rid of some of the profit line? Some of it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I, I I can't remember the name of that the the weird the weird sailor, but it was it was actually it's actually a very extensive list of things that they were thinning down, but the fact that we don't know them or don't like really you know think about those pins probably means it was the right decision to thin those things down and now that's that's me being dismissive of like what the the japanese in-store stationary market is like and like people walking into the store and and all the japanese usage usage of fountain pens and you know maybe the you know the millicoil or or some of these other pens like do super well just you know from your day-to-day non-fountain pen addict customer i feel like if if they were doing super well they would still be available for sale and they're not anymore but i i couldn't agree more on the thinning of the product line yeah because like like that's very much trimming the fat of Mm -hmm. their product line i think it's exciting to watch yep so this will probably you know, if you if you're tired of hearing us uh, talk about Sailor, um, you're probably going to want to tune out in 2021 because I think there's going to be a lot of lot more changes we're going to see starting. You know, probably February. We're not even done with Sailor in this episode. <laughs> That's true. I already forgot about that, and I already <laughs> I'd already teased it and then forgot about it, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah. So we'll get some emails. We'll see. Let's I'm okay take a refreshing this, this a refreshing break from our Sailor coverage and talk about another. Wonderful pen company in their wares. This episode is brought to you by the Canalea Pen Co. Canalea makes stunningly amazing, beautiful pens inspired by the images of Hawaii. Canalea's founders, Hugh and Carol, believe that the locations that they depict in their products can help recharge our spirit and help us connect with nature. While the story behind these pens is wonderful, it's idyllic. The execution is actually what sets them apart. You can have a great story. It's lovely to have, but you've got to actually represent it in the product. That is what Canalea do. Every single Canalea pen is handmade in a process that means no two pens will ever look alike because the, the, the materials that they use offer such variation from pen to pen. It's unbelievable. And every single nib is hand-tuned before it ships to a customer by Hugh of Canalea Pen Company. What you get is something truly unique to you. One of the things, that the words that I think about when I think of Canalea pens, which I don't think about this of a lot of other pens, especially in their price range, is luxury. It is a luxurious experience. You receive something which is unique. You know it has been like hand-tuned and refined to make sure it's perfect. And it is shipped to you in the best packaging in the pen community, bar none. So you get a truly luxurious experience. So we spoke about this last week, and I want to remind everybody about a brand new pen in the Canalea lineup. It is called Kona Snow, and it is inspired by the life cycle of the Kona coffee plant. Before we get to the red berries that inspired the Kona cherry pen, which was a a previous release from Canalea, the plant's life begins with snow-white flowers that are seen for just a few days in the spring. 
The Canalea Kona Snow is a beautiful pen featuring white acrylic with pearlescent swirls and rose gold accents throughout the material. To ensure that the pen stays magnificently white, Canalea performed a bunch of tests on it. You may remember I mentioned they mm -hmm. uh, submerged the material in Waterman's Mysterious Blue Ink for 24 hours and saw no discoloration, which is fantastic. Um, Canalea pens feature Joo number six nibs. You can buy a steel or 18 karat gold nib direct from Canalea. They also offer rose gold too, which is the perfect pairing for the Kona Snow. Canalea offers nib sizes from extra fine to 1.1 millimeter stub, and every pen ships in a beautifully packaged keepsake box. The Kona Snow is available to order right now with the classic flush profile, which is the most popular, this is the standard profile that you see from Canalea Pens. That is available uh, for shipping within a week if your order is placed by November 1st. After November 1st, it will move to their usual four-week window and all other profiles of the Canalea Pen, uh, of the Kona Snow are available to order now, but they will ship within four weeks. Canalea is also using the proceeds of the Kona snow to give back to the communities of Big Island and the Kona area by donating a portion of the proceeds to the Hawaii Food Bank and Hale Hanakahi Emergency Shelter. You can check out the Kona snow today at kanaleapenko.com. That is kanaleapenko.com to choose your aloha today. Our thanks to Kanalea for their support of this show. Can I make a couple couple comments? I had I yep. had one comment I wanted to make, and then as you were talking, I think the list is now like three or four. So, mm -hmm. number one, I read an article this week about how hard uh, Hawaii has being is being hit uh, economically right now, yeah, either through job loss uh, with tourism and travel. So these donations that they're making are going to very important causes right now for the islands who rely on tourism dollars that are not getting it right now. So these food banks and other charities um, are, are very, very important to Hawaii right now. Yep. So uh, I think that's very, very cool that they're doing that. Secondly, I completely agree with the packaging aspect of it. It's a joy. Even though I know exactly what I'm getting, Mike. And it's awesome every time <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is really happening. It's like still pretty awesome. So, um, I, I really enjoy that. And, uh, third, the feel of the pens kind of what you're mentioning, um, as part of the ad, it's kind of unlike any, I have a lot of acrylic and handmade turned pens and, uh, they just feel different in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Like, um, they, they're the quality, like you can feel it the, like the minute you pick it up. So very happy with, uh, all my Canalea pins. So, uh, thank you for sponsoring the show. Appreciate it. All right, Mike. Yes. On the list of products I love have owned for years and had yet to review, I ticked off another one. So the first one was the Y Studio Brassing Fountain Pen, one of my all-time favorite pens. And also on that list was Sailor King of Pen. Like for all that I talk about the Sailor King of Pen, all that I use it, all that I love it, I've never actually done a proper review of it on the blog. So I corrected that this week, although I kind of would say it's really not a proper review. And that was one of the challenges and one of the reasons I held up on reviewing it for so long because I don't know that I can actually review this pen. I have to almost separate this review into two parts or at least two segments or two ideas of one, my personal thoughts and use on the pen, and number two, the idea of the king of pen. So I took this post as more of a discussion around the idea 
of the King of Pen mm. and then try to kind of relate how a little bit how I feel and why I feel the way I do about it, but also having the reality check of all the problems that come along with the King of Pen. The first of which, Mike, is how to spell King of Pen. <laughs> that is the great unanswered question out of this review, Mike. So I learned it as King of Pen. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's what I've always called it. That's what I learned it as from, you know, reading about it years and years ago and following the pen and then eventually owning now four of them. King of pen. So I said, you know what? I'm going to write this. I need to go verify that it's not king of pens, I think is the second option. If you're pluralizing. Yes. But is a singular. Do I own a King of Pens Pro Gear Sky? Oh. So that's what I wanted to try to figure out. So I go to Sailor's site, and I was like, I'm going to look. They, I mean, what better place to look than all of Sailor's product models? And, you know, they have the inventory of all their pens on there. And you know what they call it <laughs> in most places on their site? The KOP. They don't even hmm. spell it out. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> so I found several places where they referred to the idea of the pen in quotes as king of pens, yeah. plural. But there's no clear product listing that says king of pen or king of pens. They all say KOP, which was endlessly frustrating. So then the next thing you do is you go look at retailers, right? Because they're getting the most direct information usually from, you know, the product marketing and the retail marketing, right? You usually copy exactly what the brand you're buying from, how they call the thing, how they call the product. There's a lot of King of Pens out there, right? but there's a lot of King of Pen out there too. So I'm flummoxed. So I didn't um, really go in and commit Either way, like saying this is the definitively right or wrong, I just went with what I've always called it, which is King of Pen. And it feels like the right name to me. Do you have any do you have any statements on this? The silliest part of this entire review? I would say King of Pens. So if I was pluralizing. So what is your Tangerine, nineteen eleven. What do you what do you say? This I want you to say the full name of your Tangerine, nineteen eleven. Okay, Sailor, nineteen eleven, King of Pen, Tangerine. But not King of Pens, Tangerine. No, if it was. So if I was saying, mm, if I wanted to say See? two of those, mm -mm. I would say Sailor, nineteen eleven, Tangerine, King of Pens. Nope. That's what I would say though. You asked me what would I say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you have a product listing at a retailer, you're purchasing the king of pens at many retailers. I'm, I'm buying one Sailor King of Pens tangerine. Hmm. This is an entire show. Like, I'm not even yeah. kidding. But I tried, I tried to get the definitive answer. So I'm just going to have to get, you know, someone who knows more than me on the origination of the name. Because there's too much of pen and pens out there to be 
definitive one way or the other. I, for some reason, I learned it as King of Pen because I thought originally it should be King of Pens. Yeah. Right. This is the King of Pens. This is what we're making. We're making like an, uh, we're making a statement with this pen. It is the King of all pens. Right. But it makes a lot of sense if you think about it that it's the King of Pen the way they word it and phrase it and market it. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So with that out of the way. What I was trying to do here is just kind of have a stream of consciousness conversation about this pen, what I think about it, like how much I love it contrasted with how much I've I've been on record saying how it's like one of the most overpriced pens on the market, right? So like that's my two kind of differing points I was trying to explain. So one of the ways I went about it was trying to describe what makes up the cost of a pen just in in general terms. And I came up with three kind of major buckets that are the driving price factors. It's materials, you know, not just barrel materials, but nib materials. Mechanics, you know, is this a piston filler or a vac filler that has more extensive mechanics and then craftsmanship, you know, mm-hmm. how much handwork is in it, like a, a Rushi pen versus a machine that comes off a injection molding line, right? So that's always been the kicker for me with the King of Pen is there's things that it's very special about it, the size of it. It's it's a, you know, imposing pen. The, what makes the, it so good and we've said this many times, is that mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's being big for the sake of being big because right. the entire pen is scaled accurately. Like yes. if you took a picture, like if I showed someone a picture of the this king of pen that you've taken here, there is nothing to say that that is not a regular-sized pen. Correct. It gives no hint of the fact that there is... A large size to it, which is why the first time I ever saw one, I just started laughing <laughs> because it looked like like a pen for a giant or that Brad yeah. was a very small person holding a regular sized <laughs> pen. But when you put it in your hand, it's not. No, it's and big, but it's not too much. Right. It's That's almost impossible to explain in writing. In writing a review saying... This is a big pen that is one of the best writing experiences from comfort and feel in your hand. Yep. It just is. That's why I bring this pen everywhere so I can let people test it out. And that's when you usually go, oh, I get it. Like, I I understand this now. Mm -hmm. Um, It's still extraordinarily expensive. And, like, that's the hardest thing I have about this. The king of pen is, is justifying the cost. Like this is not something you can justify the cost. And you'll yell at me is like, this is a luxury item. You don't have to justify the cost. And I, I agree with that, right? Anything over, over your BIC or your G2 is a luxury pen. You don't have to mm-hmm. justify the cost for buying something that you like. That's very expensive. Mm-hmm. But I'm also in a position where I spend a lot of money on a pen and I'm expected to say why. And I'm I'm like happy to do that. Like I want right. to figure these things out for other people too. Yeah. And this is one that it's 
like I can tell you why, and none of that adds up to how expensive this pen is, right? That's the challenge in doing like a proper pen review of the Sailor King of Pen, right? There's not a technical detail review that can be written about the King of Pen. Right. The King of Pen is like an idea or a feel, and it's not something that can be really captured in words, which is why I didn't review it for so long, mm-hmm. despite being one of my single most used pens and one we talk about all the time. Because it is super difficult because, uh, as you very rightly put in your review and as you've kind of said a little bit here, it's like, it's it's very difficult to justify why this costs what it costs. Mm-hmm. So, like, because it is made of plastic, right? So, when you're talking mm-hmm. about the materials, it's it's a plastic pen, right? Mm-hmm. It's an acrylic mm-hmm. pen. Um, and which, you know, that can mean a lot of things if it has a look to it which makes it look expensive, but they don't, mm-hmm. right? They look the same. <laughs> yeah. Quite frankly, most of the time, a King of Pen is just a larger version of a pro gear that they are already selling. So well, like, this it is doesn't what, have any different look to it at all. It's just bigger. This, this is what happened in, the, in my dealings with the King of Pen. I fell in love with the original King of Pens that were the big torpedo-shaped... Um, they were just called King of Pin at the time. And you they can still get those. Gear. And they're uh, yeah, yeah, mostly yeah. Rushi or Ebonite or something. Yep. Yeah, And they're and over like $1,000. $1,500 yeah. and things like that. And those are the ones I fell in love with. And I was like, oh, I will never own that because, number one, it's very expensive. And number two, they were very, they're honestly very basic. That's But that's those were craftsmanship pens, right? And then Sailor decided, well, we're making these really great colors like the sky which I reviewed and they're making the sky in the pro gear slim and the pro gear standard. Well, why can't we just make an even bigger pro gear and use the, the King of pen nib that we've used for these other, you know, Ebonite and Arushi pens and have a lower price mm-hmm. King of pen. So it's almost like they, they marketed to me saying, Oh, Brad loves this $15, $1,500 pen. But what if we made an orange one and charged half the price and it'd still be $750. Yep. And it's made out of plastic, and Brad would be all over that, and I'll be darned, they were right, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> But then, so. you know, like you're saying about the, I really also liked what you were saying about the filling system, and, and your quote, mm-hmm. a quote that you wrote, uh, you know, because you're like saying, what are the mechanics of the pen, which is mm-hmm. how you kind of, kind of defined it, and you basically, it's essentially a lack of mechanics, there isn't anything. Right. I mean, it has a different look to it. I don't know why it looks so weird. Like it has that huge um, extension from the grip section, yeah. which the converter goes into. I- I've never understood exactly what is going on with that and why it's so aggressive looking compared to other yeah. pens. But you, all you're doing is is sticking a regular converter into this thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> There's nothing special about it at all. Mm-mm. <laughs> so it's hard to write about but i wanted to put the, the thoughts down so i could at least link to it sometimes when we talk about it here mm-hmm. to say like you know if you want me to recommend the king of pen to you you're probably talking to the wrong person yeah. and here's why i, I like, really think this is a pen that you can only know you want if you've used it i, I would mm-hmm. never recommend somebody buy a king of pen having never used a king of pen or at least mm-hmm. held one because until I actually tried one, I didn't get it. it. Didn't make any sense to me. I thought it was hilarious, and then I put pen to paper, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, 
it's quite special. Like the nibs are so wild, but they're excellent, mm. right? Like, what yep. is the num- the size number? Um, nine. Right. But I don't know how to relate that to. Well, I've never like, I've never come across double. that number before. Mm-hmm. So Pilot has like a number ten nib and a number fifteen nib that's even larger. Oh, um, but then like some other companies will have make a giantly large nib and not really call it a number. So it's a little bit hard to to match up one to one. But just know that it's a very, very very large nib. And the best part about it, having used a Pelican M one thousand, which is their largest model, that nib is very very soft. And while a 21 karat gold nib this size in the king of pen is also soft. It's not really bouncy. It's this is like the ultimate writing pen for me um, for, and my writing style in that it doesn't um, really bounce around like and have the flex like a, a M1000 nib, which is what it gets compared to some. Right. And also the, the Mont Blanc 149 nib that's close to that too. And it's just a little bit, a little bit tighter, a little bit better feel than those. I feel like so, I might be getting a little high concept here. Mm-hmm. But to me, the King of Pen is like one of the ultimate examples of what this hobby is all about. Because it's it's more expensive than you would expect it to be in looking at it, which I think is the same for basically all good pens. If you don't know about this, if you if you have no conception for what it's like to, to like fountain pens... Uh, mm-hmm. All fountain pens are too expensive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it and it really is a experience that you feel it, and I think that that's really like it. It does something in those two elements of like the value being so out of whack, even to people inside of the pen community. I think makes it kind of like a perfect encapsulation of the entire fountain pen hobby. Mm. from the outside right that like everything seems too expensive but once you use it you'll get it and i feel like that is exactly what the king of pen is it seems too expensive but once you use it you really understand it and then you buy multiple ones yeah i don't know why i like this pen so much because like i'm i'm the first to like criticize it but it just really really works for me um in in every single way except the cost but that hasn't stopped me apparently so yeah i don't know like i again i could just talk about this pen all day because it's just such an interesting idea i i honestly i think sailors like super nailed this pen product doing when they once they expanded it into the pro gear and the 1911 lineup because they were going from you know, $350, $400 pens, like if you bought the most expensive Rialos, to over $1,000 for the King of Pen. And like they had this high-end gap that they chose uh, to fill with this and it seemed like it's probably the right answer. Like it certainly, um, it certainly looks awesome. Like, you know, when they show it and like I said, you know, there's certain pens if they ever released them in a King of Pen model, I'd probably buy that too. That's just kind of one of my things. So good stuff. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. In the physical world, in the real world, if you want privacy, you close a door, right? But online, doors are left open everywhere we go. Using the internet about ExpressVPN is like never closing doors behind you. Your ISP, 
you know, companies like Comcast or Verizon for you in the US, but, you know, there are ISPs all over the world. They know every website that you visit. They want to. This data could be sold. Uh, your information could be sold to ad companies, tech companies, so they would get more information about you. You don't have to be giving away that information. ExpressVPN can help you create a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, so your online activity can't be seen by anyone. ExpressVPN works on everything, from phones to laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can still be protected even if they don't have ExpressVPN on their device. That is a pro move. And the best part is using ExpressVPN is as easy as closing a door. You just fire up the app and click a button and you're protected. And ExpressVPN is rated the best. Number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless others. Sites that I trust, sites that you trust. I use ExpressVPN myself. Uh, The experience is so simple and the speed stays so consistent. That's why I love using it. Because I don't feel like I'm being uh, penalized for wanting to use a VPN because things run nice and smoothly and it's super easy to connect. If, like me, you think your online activity is your business, secure yourself by going to expressvpn.com slash penaddict today. That is expressvpn.com slash penaddict and you can get an extra three months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash penaddict. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for their support of this show and RelayFM. So what's funny about the King of Pen, Mike, is that we can have that conversation and then we can have it in the same context as the product we're going to talk about next, which I have a lot to say about and love and was a quarter of the price. Mm. So like these are the things I think about all the time. So let's get into a new to me product and I'm assuming new to you product. This is a fountain pen from a company called Rockstar. And what I find interesting before I even get into the product itself is how I came about this pen. And I did something that I rarely ever do. And I can't remember the last time I did it. But somehow one of Rockstar's fountain pen images showed up in my Instagram feed. I wasn't following Rockstar. Maybe, I don't think it was an ad. I think someone maybe, it was, you know, like one of the people I follow, you know, maybe it was tagged somehow. Somehow I saw it. And then this Do one particular pen. hashtags? Yeah, I follow the pen addict hashtag. So I don't know if they use the pen addict hashtag in there. Hmm. That's the only, that's the only, like on this picture I'm looking at, the pen addict hashtag isn't in there. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I'm, I don't know how I found it originally but it was this one pen that i ended up ordering and because it completely knocked my socks off and the the quick version of what i ordered is it's called the uh troubleshooter and it's this black um celluloid acetate it's 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 just really finished the material's really unique the translucency's cool It's kind of swimming through the barrel and it has this red ring on the finial. We'll have this link in the show notes and, um, you know, well, you can take a look at this and I just opened up Instagram and and saw this and I went over and messaged Rockstar pens and said, I would like to make a purchase of this pen, please. And the, the maker Ash 
who is in Wales, Mike. I know. Um, I was very pleased to see that. Yeah. Actually. Uh, uh, nice, nice, uh, beautiful area of the kingdom <laughs> over there. And uh, Ash got right back to me, said, yeah, I have like a two to three week waiting list. I said, just send me an invoice when you're ready to roll. This is exactly what I want. And he said, what nib size? And that was it. Two to three. So, so you saw this one, which was a commission and you were mm-hmm. like, I want, make me that one. Yep. Okay. Yep. And like, that was it. Like I did it within like minutes of seeing okay. a pen and I haven't, I can't tell you the last time that I've done that, made that type of purchase online, right? This is I what you tell do you at a the pen last show. Time I did it. Hmm. I did it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the primary manipulation Eastman from Newton ah. Pens. Yeah. I saw it. He posted one. Sean Newton posted one. And I messaged him and said, Sean, I want that pen, please. <laughs> can, can you make me that, please? <laughs> right. So, like, my point in all of this is this is what we're missing at pen shows, right? This is mm. something I would have ended up at with a pen show if I happened to see Rockster and got to talk to Ash and got to look at all the pens on the on the table like I've done with you know Matthew Martin at the Atlanta pen show and like countless of other like small makers you know that I've bought things from at pen shows because you get to see them you get to talk you get to handle them yeah and then you can get to decide oh does this fit you know me and then boom you know the next thing you knew you you spent money on the pen like that's how pen shows go for this discovery this is the first time I just got something off of Instagram that I saw knew I had to have and asked someone to buy it. <laughs> so it was a yeah. totally different experience for me. Like, I'm surprised I don't do this more honestly, but you know, I can't buy everything, but this one, like I could not buy it. So did you go through these pictures? So this is like, yep. this isn't my pen, but the mine's exactly like this. Did you see the inspiration for this pen, Mike? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Ash's dog is named Rocky. And if you scroll through like the fourth picture on this, uh, we'll have it in the show notes. I suggest you go look. The inspiration is his schnauzer, Rocky, who is black and gray and has a red collar. And that's, I mean, that didn't sell me the pen, but that did not sell sure, me the pen sure either, not. right? So do you know, because <laughs> sure. I was looking through uh, the Rockstar Pens page and stuff, mm-hmm. the blanks, are they buying them? Are they making them, like the materials? I, see, I didn't even get that far, but right. the materials are such that I don't really see them. My guess, and this is uh, an unresearched guess, is that they're buying them, that they're buying rods and then turning the pins from the rods. Like right. I see some that I've some materials that I've seen in other places, Okay, but like this material I have not seen. And a lot of the materials I have not seen, but that I, you know, I'm, I can be very wrong on that um, without reading all that. But I knew like this material was unique and the way the, the pin was finished looked fantastic. And I love some, the red ring idea. So there's one pen called the ring leader on the page. This is why I asked this question. Cause I just mm-hmm. assumed that was the case, but it says this is the first of a new model and is made from in-house cast orange flare resin. Well, there you go. But this so it is, sounds like both. I think it's a mix of both. So I yep. wondered if you knew, cause I was just, I was just intrigued because some of the, the, um, some of the pens, they have very attractive uh, mm-hmm. acrylic, 
And, yes, so this, you know, this I, particular I'm not, one... It's not a knock if they are buying no. them, right? Like, not no, by any trying to get, of the imagination. I was just trying wondering. to get the information. Yeah. Yeah, you want all the information. So mm-hmm. mine, I'm guessing, is not in-house made because it's a cellulose. Um, and not everyone can just make that in their garage. That's true. Um, yeah, I think that, that's, that's a, the uh, the uh, Edison type stuff, right? That's a lot of maybe, that cellulose, isn't it? Maybe it's not the basic acrylic material yeah. that you get in a, within a lot of the other pens. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so there you go. It looks like there are some in house, but there's definitely some uh, bought as well. But um, which is great. So Super anyway. Cool. I don't know why I'm telling you all this about this pen other than I love to talk about pens and discovery and like I'm certainly not the first Rockstar customer and I'm hope I'm not the last because I like what they make but I thought it was interesting that I um made a purchase like this that I haven't had in a while and I think it's because we're not having pen shows right now, to be mm. perfectly honest. Like, I would totally do this at a pen show, right? But it was a new experience for me to just see something online, say, wow, that's exactly my type of pen. And hey, may I buy this from you? And uh, that was it. Very nice. Very cool. Very cool. I, nice discovery. So, yeah. So, I got it. I opened it up yesterday, inked it up uh, with a red ink to match the red ring at the behest of the Twitch stream. It's Robert Oster red candy. It's a very, very good ink. And I've been using this pen. It's got the black, uh, box, you know, the black, um, plated Bach nib. So it's just a really, really cool, uh, look. It's, it's right up my alley. Very happy with the pen, the quality, the price. I want to say I don't have my receipt because, so I don't have the full, the final cost with the uh, currency, conversions but i'm guessing it was around 100 between 160 and 180 bucks like that's exactly the perfect price range for these type of pens like there's that's an easy decision to make at that price point so yeah it was fantastic very happy with this pen all right brad mentioned earlier we have a bunch of us tpa questions to do today and the first one comes from alicio so brad listening to your show i often hear you say i need or will buy this pen Probably now you consider new pen purchases part of your business. But before you were running this as a formal business, how would you finance purchasing so many pens and stationery? Would you limit yourself to what you would use and finish them before purchasing new products? Or would you buy over budget on a monthly basis? So what do you have? What what do you think about this, Brad? I have thoughts too, but what do you think? Yeah, so they're asking kind of in the before times, like when I was, you know, this wasn't, my job necessarily but i was still you know running the blog and doing all these things and getting access to a lot of products so how would i basically manage my own purchases and you know stationary usage it was mostly budgetary not my my ideas have never been um you know complete usage of everything before i buy the next thing right? Like with fountain pens and things and general pens, regular pens, gel ink pens, it doesn't really work that way. I've always been very interested in the discovery of a new product and how it compared to existing really good products that I love. And I would just manage the ones I thought I would like the most on a list and then just kind of tick off that list as I had the budget to make those purchases. So never overextend 
and I, I never overextended on anything. You know, I had, you know, a regular job at the time and, you know, had the money to, to buy these things, but I never went crazy. You know, I never put things on credit or did anything wild. I never had, there was never a product that I had to have that was going to break the budget. And I chose to break the budget to, to purchase. So I'm definitely very budget conscious. Uh, I still am to this day, even though I have access to a lot more stuff, I get a lot more free stuff. I get a lot of stuff sent to me. So I have access to a lot of stuff, but then, you know, I still, for my pens for personal use, like I still make decisions. Like I don't want to spend the money on this and I do want to spend the money on that. So it's all budget based for me in general. Yeah, I um, I guess a mix of both. Um, I also for this kind of stuff, I don't, I still don't subscribe to the idea of like I'll use it and like, and then when I'm completely bored of this, I'll buy something else. I think budget is a good thing to do, um, to understand how much you can actually really afford to spend on this stuff and try and stick to it and allow yourself to go over when necessary, but also then recoup that the next month right like mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. your budget is 300 and you spend 500 one month don't spend 300 the next month um right. and trying to have some self-control is good um i have been having to do this and pay more attention to this now that i'm interested in another new hobby which is mechanical keyboards um so i'm being very conscious of that one of the streamers that i watch his name's alex otos he always says this thing which i actually really like which is don't buy something unless you have the money to buy it three times. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good perspective to think about if yeah. you're considering a purchase. Yeah, I like that. I, I'm, I'd say that's kind of how, without realizing it, that's probably how I am with purchases. Right, but the that main makes a one, you know, the thing that I think is more important, I like that as an idea. and You can't always have that like as a thing. But you will sometimes. Um, the bigger thing for me is, and we said this so many times on this show, is don't buy this stuff out of money you don't have. Mm-hmm. Don't buy it on credit cards if you can't pay for it off the next month. Never mm-hmm. buy it on like a loan account, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to be able to afford this stuff. If you can't, you won't be able to enjoy it. I think that's the real thing for me is because it's going to become a burden. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get to enjoy it. And there's so much great stuff in this fountain pen pen community that isn't the mega expensive stuff. You don't need the mega expensive stuff all the time to be able to enjoy this. You know what I mean? Yep. I, I completely agree. Uh, yeah. I, I mean... You know, this gets all into like, you know, using versus collecting and all of these things. So you, you got to figure some of these things out, lay a little bit of groundwork. Yeah. You know, I've made, I've certainly made some mistakes. In, oh, of in course. Purchases. You of know, course. we're all going to make those mistakes. Um, but I feel like I've gotten into a better place now of understanding my needs and where yep. I'm spending good money and not spending bad money. Yeah, I completely agree. Look, and, and like make those, you got to make the mistakes, make the mistakes, but learn yeah. from them. Don't go crazy and blame yourself for it, but like just learn from them and then it's okay to make the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. 
All right, we have a question that comes from Florence, and Florence says, I'm having some fountain pen troubles. The cartridge is emptying itself. I've cleaned the pen. hasn't worked. I've let it soak in vinegar to remove dry ink and clean it again. still hasn't worked. I'm not sure what else I could do. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> so I apologize to Florence for not getting back sooner to this question because I, I, I had to think a lot about it, and there was an image, and... <sighs> So cartridges, they can evaporate being sealed up, and then they can evaporate even quicker without usage when they are in a pen. And it's just kind of the nature of how the ink cartridges work. But I think the problem which Florence was having which I still haven't wrapped my head around on was it was almost sweating out (laughs) of the cartridge. Like there was almost something in the barrel. So I don't know if anyone's ever experienced anything like this. I think a lot of us have experienced like a cartridge ink vanishing. Like when we, Hey, I haven't used this pen. And why is this cartridge now half full? Like I think a lot of us have seen this, but what Florence was explaining, I have an experience and I'm wondering if anyone else did. Um, and it just, honestly, I don't know that there is a solution other than you just need to try something different, try different cartridges, you know, try different converters, things like that. And I'm curious on what the environment was like. Was it very hot? Was it very cold? Mm. Or was there a change in, in environmental issues around that but it was really strange in that it was more of a for lack of a better term sweating out than an evaporation and i just found that interesting and wanted to keep this question in here because i don't have an answer but i'm curious of if, if anyone else has ever seen that and what what brought that about so yeah let me know you know y'all can hit me up mike mike uh mike knows all my all my deets uh, at the at the end of the show, so we'll give you all the ways to contact me. But I'm I'm curious. So, um, and I Florence, since it's been a long time since you asked this question, if you have any follow up, let me know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm terrible. All right, today's show is brought to you by Pen Chalet. They sell authentic, amazing rollerballs and fountain pens, mechanical pencils and ballpoints. They have all of the accessories you're looking for, whether you want a carrying case or a pen holder. Maybe you need some refills or some converters, some ink. They got it all. They have all of your favorite brands, and they're doing great discounts all the time. So every month, they're having multiple discounts, closeout specials. They're always adding new products as well. There's always something going on at Pen Chalet. They have very fast, very reliable customer service and they back everything up with a 100% satisfaction guarantee on their high quality pens that they sell at low prices. They sell internationally with great shipping rates, but if you're in the US and you order over $50, you will get free shipping on your order. We love Pen Chalet here at the Pen Addict. They've got everything that we're looking for. Whenever I want to buy a new pen, I go to Pen Chalet first because I know I'm going to get a great experience and also because you can get the best prices. And Pen Addict listeners get even better prices because you can save 10% on anything at any time at Pen Chalet when you go to penchalet.com and click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password Pen Addict. You will get this code as well as access to some special offers uh, just for Pen Addict listeners. What do we have this week, Brad? I am really interested in what it is about a red stripe around okay. the barrel. <laughs> 
<laughs> that does go. it for me so much. The Conklin Empire, I have not tried this pen. The price of this pen is ridiculous. And all I see is the mm. red stripe on the cap band. I was like, man, that yep. looks good. And then you scroll down, Mike, there's even a better looking one. Like that one's good. It's up top, it's called Oatmeal. This one down here, what is the name of this? It's got this really wild red and blue acrylic uh, look. Harlequin. Harlequin is the color. And it's also got that red stripe. But, Mike, what I'm most interested in is a different Conklin, which I have never seen before. And it is almost like just a throw-in blindly price. It's called the Conklin Minigraph. Mm. And I'm wondering, is this a mini fountain pen from Conklin? Because it looks like it might not be much bigger. It oh, looks, it's tiny. Okay, I'll say it this way. It looks like it might be bigger, a slightly bigger version of the Kaveco Lilliput, like a more usable mm-hmm. version of the Kaveco Lilliput. And it has a clip already built into it, which I know a lot of people like on the lily put this is intriguing i have never five seen five inches post i want this pen so it's right. very small very small and as is the price mike the price of that very is small. very small um that's a five inch buy, price you should buy yeah. that pen yeah so yeah really good and then you just keep scrolling forever and then you get into all your pelicans and your lamis and your diplomats and your platinums and your all your amazing stuff um so yeah that is uh that is interesting. That is compelling. I, I am interested in that pen. I'll have to look into that more. Penchalet.com, P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com. Click the podcast link at the top of the website and enter the password Pen Addict to see these deals and to get that 10% off at any time at Penchalet. Or thanks to Penchalet for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so our next question comes from Nick. It says, it might seem weird, but I was wondering, what is the best refill to take notes on your arm? Fisher Space Pen does a pretty good job, but feels a bit dry. Extra points for not being removed easily with water also needs to be fine to write text. Brad, I just want to offer up here. Nick, if you want to go hardcore, use a Sharpie. <laughs> I love this question so much. I mean, I love Nick already, um, but I love this question so much. Because there is thought into this question. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to say I really recommend not doing this. But (laughs) if it's something you need to do for some reason, I mean, I'm mm -hmm. I'm sticking by Sharpie, Brad. I think that's that's it. Yeah, I think it's fair to have a disclaimer on this, which is fine. No, no, no. It's fine. Just use the Sharpie. It's fine. So the Sharpie... The Sharpie is obviously a great choice, but the Sharpie Ultra Fine, not the marker... The, the standard Sharpie, yeah. the big felt tip, you want to use the needly tip because you're still going to get like some feathering <laughs> on your skin. <laughs> That's just going to happen. But I'm curious about a certain pen. Um, and that, oh, man, I just totally blanked on the name. I have to look it up. But basically, um, Pilot makes a pen that's designed to write on all kinds of surfaces, like including glass, but it like it writes on paper, it writes on glass and hmm. it's not a marker. It's a rollerball with rollerball type ink. And it makes me wonder if this would work in that situation. The oil base pens like the Fisher space pen refill is still, I think going to be the best choice if you're not going to use a Sharpie, but, um, Gosh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the on the link. I should have put it in the show notes beforehand. But there is a there is a pen designed 
to write on glass and like pottery and like fabric. It's all this this pen, and I just think that might be something to work worth looking at. So let me uh, I will find that. We'll put it in the show notes afterwards, or I'll email it to Nick or something. But uh, yeah, it's a in- interesting pen. We'll see if it pops into my head here. I haven't had enough coffee yet, Mike. Twitless Dan asks, is there a Parker-style refill that would fit the Karas Customs EDK V2 with copper ink? I have never seen a copper ink um, ballpoint-style refill or gel Parker-style refill with a copper ink. Like, that's pretty cool. Like, I think that would be an awesome idea. The best I can tell you is Monteverde's Parker-style gel refills come in a lot of colors. Like, you can get oranges and greens and purples and teals and things like that, but I have never seen a copper um, refill like that. Mm-hmm. You would just have to buy, you know, a a gel, like some gel, some off-brand gel pens you can get in a copper ink. But those refills aren't going to fit the EDK. So I think that's just a match that does not exist. But you can get at least some interesting Parker-style refills with the Monteverde gel refill. It will fit that and at least be something, even though it won't be copper. Greg Co asks, do you find that caps on turned acrylic pens come loose in your pocket easily? I have a couple and the caps don't seem to stay on, so I'm nervous carrying them in my pocket. I get this, like, I get this idea, and I get that this happens, and I just don't see it enough to where that it's been a consideration for me, that it would prevent me from carrying the pen, and if I liked the pen enough, I wouldn't carry it in my pocket, right? Like, I I would agree that this could be a problem, for uh, like a technical problem it's like okay if i put this specific acrylic pen in my jeans pocket and the cap comes a little bit loose i would agree that that can be a problem but i would just solve it by not doing that i mean i know that sounds stupid right (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i i'm serious when i say that it was like okay well then i'm gonna no longer the pen to carry around in your pocket Right. Like, I don't think there's a solution. Like, you're not going to want to grease the threads or anything like that to to make it a tighter fit or put, you know, like plumber's tape on the in the cap so the threads don't thread. You just yep. carry it in your pocket or a pen case or a bag. And I, I, I mean this in, in the nicest way possible. Like, you just you just don't do that. And, and you know, I because you want to use the pen clearly. Mm-hmm. Right. And if it's going to be your carry pen, you find the way to carry it better, not manipulate the pen so it stays better in your pocket and make the writing, the using of the pen experience worse. So I don't know that there's a solution. There's definitely an, a problem. I find it more on metal on metal pens. If the threads, you know, if I'm carrying it in my pocket, the threads tend to come loose more than acrylics um but if that's the case well then i'll just i'll i'll do something different and um so i think that's probably not the advice you're looking for but i think it's i think it's the best answer i i think you just don't do that i think this is maybe a hmm, quality thing Right, like yes, I feel like the, the this is this thing where like there is varying levels of what a turned acrylic pen 
means, where it's coming from, mm-hmm. who's making it, and what they're pricing it at. And my expectation would be that this is someone who is who made this pen is would not be particularly ex- like very well experienced mm-hmm. or is charging a high amount. I don't know that to be the truth, but I would yeah, imagine sure. that's the thing. Just because I've known people that have like started out doing this and I've seen their pens mm-hmm. and the threads have been a bit not great, but they get better right. at it over time because this is a tricky thing to do. The threading yes. is hard to do and get right. Um, that's from the sense of like making it smooth, making sure the cap stays in place and not having too many threads. Like you see, I see this quite a lot of like the way that people try and solve it is by having too many threads. And right. that makes the uncapping of the pen a nightmare because <laughs> you're just unscrewing it forever, you know? Yeah. There there can definitely be some QC threading yeah. issues. Um, it, it's not easy um, no. to, to make that part. So yeah, like I... I but I, m- my point in all of this is I wouldn't try to fix the cap threading coming loose in your pocket. No. Because you're going to be less happy with actually using the pen, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, you might fix it, it, it spinning in your pocket, but then you're going to go, oh, I really don't like what I had to do to do that, therefore I'm not going to use the pen, and I wouldn't want to see that. The only thing I would recommend here is maybe just getting a sleeve for the pen. M- mm-hmm. Might help. Um, Mike, that was a smart answer. Single pen sleeve. Yep. We could have been three questions down the line now if I was as smart as you. Because it might stop the the friction, the action that is uncapping the pen. So yeah, it would it would be a tighter fit, so yeah. it wouldn't move. But if you're you know if the reason you have it in your pocket is because you want quick access, well you've removed the quick access because now you have to get a thing out of your pocket and take it out of the thing, and then you have the thing to hold. Right. So like, isn't not, this yeah um, an amazing podcast? It was the best that just, we can isn't... spend that much time on Greg Coe's pocket pen cap spinning in his pocket. There just aren't. This just isn't a show like this. This is why I was in the BBC, <laughs> right? I love this so much. I literally love that question, even though I'm not sure I gave Gregco the answer that they wanted, right? Sometimes it's not the answer that you want, Brad, but it's the answer you deserve, you know? Mm. You're like mm-hmm, Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're not the hero of the pen the pen community wants, but you're the hero of the pen community deserves. Mm. Mm. Okay, we'll see. Chris asks, what is your recommendation for a lined A5 journal with more than a page a day, 370 plus? This is where it starts to get more tricky. That will ship to Toronto. Now, that's the part that I don't know if we can answer. <laughs> I've been a loyal yeah, Manami 7Cs user, but they're not shipping right now. Lots of online choices available on Etsy. It doesn't need to be Tomorrow River. Chris, I, I probably need to reply to you directly on Twitter, which I think is where this one came in, in case you don't listen to this. But you have two great fountain pen stores in Toronto. One's called yep. Laywines that Mike and I have been to. The other yep. one is our good friend at Wonder Pens. Which we've they also both, been to. Yep. They both stock a ton of awesome paper. The 370 plus you can find at one of those shops in either they're carrying something similar. Um, you know, like, uh, oh gosh, I forget the one. Uh, Stationery Cafe is one of the brands. Um there's other brands. I'd look at Stayology. I'm not sure if they quite get the 370. They have some big ones. Midori's doing some bigger diaries this year. Um, basically, I would look at Wonder Pens, and I would look at Laywines right there in Toronto. 
They both have online shops. They both have huge inventories, especially in paper goods. And I promise you, you will find something compatible, even um, maybe exact to your needs if you want to stick with uh, the, like the, the big, thick uh, Tomoe River paper journal. But brand-wise, I'd look at Stayology, which is S-T-A-L-O-G-Y. It's a hard to pronounce for me. Um, and Midori to see if Mid- I, I seems like I remember Midori doing something different this year. They normally don't make a, th- a very, very large page notebook. Oh, uh, chat's also mentioning Galen leather, which I bet both of those shops, um, carry. They're making a new, very, very thick Tomoe river notebook, which might be right up your alley. So yeah, lay wines, wonder pens, and you'll be set for life. Put those stores in in uh, in your mind and in your uh, in your shopping rotation. All right, final question today comes from the Inky side, who asks: When I get a new nearby pen, I want to get a good feel for it before tweaking it, tuning it, or sending it off. I use Compeki or Tsukiyo for the first inking as my default assessment because I know how they behave. What are your default inks to assess a new pen or nib? I wish you could see how big I'm smiling about this it's question. Great question, man. I, it is a I don't great think question. I have um that I don't do this, but I know mm-hmm. what my answer is. Okay, go. It would also be uh I would also say either Hiroshizuku Kompeki. Mm-hmm. Um or what is the orange one called? Uh the one that you Fuyugaki. like is uh Fuyugaki. No, the I, one that I, I like mean both. is Yuyaki. I mean both cuz I I know how Kompeki and Fuyugaki work. Because I use mm-hmm. those, yes. they're, they're probably my most used inks of all time. Those two, um, I still use them in some pens today. Like I still have pens that are inked up with those with those colors, and I know how they work. Like I know how they dry. I know how they look on the page. Right, like they are like, absolute. Like I know those. Um, so that's what I would use one of those two, depending on the pen. Yep, but mine is even more basic than that. Even though I've kind of stopped doing it for now, but I it, for I know the what longest time. Yep, go pilot blue black. 100%, right? It is one of the most consistent inks. I know how it's going to act. I know how it's going to react. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to behave with the pen. Um, I don't do that anymore, really, because now I'm more brand-based to where I feel if I get a certain type of ink from a certain type of brand, I'm okay yeah. not using the exact same one every time because I know in general, what that ink's going to do to where I don't have to go with the Pilot Blue Black first and then pick whatever ink I want. I know if I'm going to pick, you know, from 10 Robert Oster inks, they're going to be generally the same. I know if I'm going to pick from, you know, certain Sailor ink lineups, they're all going to generally be the same. So I'm okay switching that up a little bit. But I think everyone should have an idea of what their baseline ink is so you can compare... It, it doesn't it the ink could be anything it doesn't have to be a simple ink or a basic ink like pilot blue black um but you need to know how that ink behaves with different nib types and different papers so you can assess whether a new ink that's coming into your life is performing up to the expectations that you have set love that question if you would like to send in a question for a future episode of the show, you can send out a tweet with the hashtag AskTPA, or you can use question mark AskTPA in the Relay FM members Discord. You can also email Brad at hello at penaddict.com. 
If you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com and you can see all the work that Brad and others are doing. You're all doing fantastic work over there at the Pen Addict every single week, churning those amazing articles out. Um, You can go to knock.co and spokedesign.com to buy the products that Brad is making and is involved in. Uh, As the creative director of both brands, that's what I've just decided to call you. (laughs) Okay. You are though, right? Mm, Like if we were going to give you a job title... I think that would probably be the main thing that you do. Mm. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah I've decided you know, that. Uh, Creative director at NotCo okay. and Spoke yeah. Design. Man about town. Man yeah, about town. Know. You can also mm-hmm. catch Brad on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern time over at twitch.tv slash penaddict. I'll be using this as an opportunity to say that I am streaming on Twitch more now, and it's basically all keyboard focused. So if you're interested in mechanical keyboard stuff, uh, go to mic.live. I put a really good domain, Brad. That's a good one. I you like need that. that. You should get penaddict.live. Okay. I think you should get. I think that's a good. That's a good domain. So you go to mike.live, and I'm, I'm doing some streams there. I don't have. I'm not on a schedule yet, like Brad is, but I will be at some point. Uh, you can also follow Brad online. He is Dowdyism on Twitter, penaddict on Instagram. I am I Mike. I am Y K E. Thank you so much to Pen Chalet, ExpressVPN, and the Canalea Pen Company for the support of this episode. And we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.